Okay, cool. Um, my name is Morgan. I'm an alcoholic and an addict. Um, wow. Okay, no time limit. Uh oh. Strap on your boots. <laughs> Here we go. Um, uh, and you don't give me a time limit. I, I talk a lot. Um, thank you for so much, Roger, for having me. It's always an honor and a privilege to do service. Um, it's pretty phenomenal that anyone wants to listen to me talk about being sober, let about anything really. Um, because towards the end of my using, nobody wanted to hear anything I had to say because I didn't have anything to say um, of any substance whatsoever. Um, I was doing all the substances, so I didn't have anything to say. Um, uh, and you said you were allowed to curse, which is great because I didn't get fucking sober, you know, to like not do that. So, um, so what I've been sort of, I'll give you the stats before we move forward. Cause if not, I'm just, usually I'm guessing how much time the speaker has. I'm like, how much time does this speaker have? And honestly, it doesn't fucking matter at all. Um, and I really believe that, like, I don't think time is, uh, at all a, um, measure of how sober we are at all. I know people with that are counting days that I get more solution out of in the world than in, I know people that have 20 years and I'd rather throw myself at a dumpster than listen to what they have to say. So it's, uh, it's just not about time and it's about, it's about sobriety and it's about, for me, it's about living a life soberly. And, um, in New York, I got sober in New York city. Thank God. Um, I think that was where I needed to get sober. Um, and they used to say the person who woke up earliest today has the most amount of sobriety. And I believe that, and you guys are all over the world. I have no idea where you are. So we could never figure that out. <laughs> Whoever got it, like, no one knows because we're all in different time zones. Um, I do want to say a special hello. Um, to Eugenia, who's um, on day zero, you're just as sober as the rest of us if you haven't had a drink during this uh, like two minutes I've been speaking. So, uh, so happy you're here. So happy you're here. Um, and very brave to say that, um, your day count, which is crazy. So um, I have, I have almost five years of sobriety. I have a sponsor. I have two sponsees, you used to have three, you used to have 20, let's be honest, they come and go real fast, but I got two that we're working the steps with, and um, <clears throat> I uh, have a sponsor that I'm working with steps with the third time, we're doing it in a really different, interesting way, which I love, she's wild, she talks about the divine all the time, which I'm just like, what? And it's just like the divine is, you know, she's wild. Uh, but I love her very much. And it's cool how we're going through the steps. Um, I uh, try to meditate in the morning. I do morning pages. I uh, Prayer for me is a really weird word and I don't pray. But the truth is I do set intentions and I do try and think about what I'm going to do. And to me, that's, I guess, what you could call prayer. Um I have commitments at like three meetings. I go to a meeting every day at 8 a.m. And then usually another one uh, later. And that's the great thing about Zoom. 
Um, and, uh, and when I'm asked to do service, I say yes. Um, and uh, I'm not saying all of this to be like, I'm the poster child for A, because I certainly am not, but I am saying this because I'm really sick and suffering. And if I don't do that, I'm going to drink and use. And if I drink and use, I'm going to die. And I know that. Um, I'm a hope to die alcoholic and junkie. I'm just like, that's what I want to do. Um, if I go out, it's not, you know, it's not having rosé with the girls on Sunday. You know, I'm not going out to like, cheers with a little bit of you know white wine spritzer that's not your girl's uh taste of uh that's not my variety uh if I go out I'm gonna want to be hammering back some liquor and getting down to skid row to figure out how I can get hard drugs and do some meth and um heroin which I didn't do um but I as an alcoholic wish I had so that's a little bit of a taste of how much of a junkie I am is I wish I'd done those drugs, but I haven't. And the truth is I probably had, I did a lot of Molly and MDMA and it was probably cut with a million things. And so I've probably done everything. I have no idea. I put stuff in my body that people just told me was like ecstasy. And I was like, this doesn't look anything like that. And also my high is not like that. And so I'm sure it was something very different. <clears throat> so Okay, so I talk about like what, so I've been taught like to do like what it was like, what happened and what it's like. Now, I also really like that this meeting is like a free thinkers meeting and and we talk and you guys talk about God in in whatever way you want. And um, I've been really blessed over five years to like, just not care about the, uh, I'm not like tied to the big book in a way that I'm either like, well, God and him and the Lord above me is saving me from alcohol, but I'm also not like, oh, this fucking book says he and him and God and da, da, da. I'm just somewhere in the middle where I'm like, okay, cool. Some white dudes from the fucking thirties wrote this book. That's what happened. They thought it was like, whatever. And they wrote a book that has saved millions of lives and that a queer girl from Denver who's a millennial, who's like a millennial can read this book and be like, wow, I'm the same person. I have the same feelings and the same stuff happened to me. I replaced the two, the wives with my brother. I replaced to the employer. I just replaced things because the book says you're allowed to do that. And, um, we wear this like a loose garment and I love that. And if anybody's trying to like, drill sergeant me into this program i'm out see you later and i don't do that with my sponsees either i'm like this is your sobriety dude i don't fucking care if you're sober i know that's harsh but i don't like this is your sobriety and if i get too invested in you that's not good for me i'm here to take you through the steps i also tell my sponsees this there's no hierarchy in this fucking program none and i am not better than you i'm not I don't know more than you. I'm not more sober than you. I am right next to you and I'm not worse than you either. We are trudging this road together side by side and that's it. I'm telling you what was told to me and that's it. I'm not here to be your higher power. You're not here to be mine. We're here to just what work the program and hopefully stay sober a day at a time together, but that's it. That's it. And if I don't know something, my sponsees ask me something. I'm like, I don't know. So let me get back to you on that. <laughs> I called 12 other people and then I'll get back to them on it and be like, okay, here's what I learned. 
I also, well, the main thing that I has kept me sober, I truly believe, and this is what I love about this meeting, is that I've been honest the entire time I've been here about the program, um, which means that when I came in here kicking and screaming and unwillingly, and I didn't want to be here, I came straight out of a psychiatric ward, they're like, you have to go to AA. I took every burning desire in New York City and I raised my hand and I said, this is fucking stupid. You guys are idiots. This program is lame and not real. And the fact that you guys believe in God is so not true and y'all are idiots. Um, and if you don't drink, you're not fun. So this place sucks. And I would say that I would straight up raise my hand and say that every day. And people would come up to me after and they'd be like, okay, Morgan, cool. We'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, this is why I loved getting sober in New York. And I was like, you will fucking see me tomorrow. You know, I had this like thing where I was like, you'll see me tomorrow. And I'm going to convince everyone in this room that God's not real and doing drugs and alcohol is so cool. And we're all going to party after. And that obviously didn't work. Um, but what did work is it, it, and I always say this, I had a really smart feet and a super dumb head because I always ended up with meetings, always. It didn't matter why. At the beginning, it was I, I wanted a girlfriend. <laughs> I wanted a hot chick. Um, you know, I was like, I picked my first sponsor because she's fucking hot. And I was like, this is awesome. And then she ghosted me. And I haven't heard from her since. And that's whatever the universe being like, dude, you're not here to like get chicks. Um, and I also looked horrible coming in. Who wanted to date me? I was a mess. I was straight out of a psychiatric ward. I had 12 hoodies on. I was like really wrapped up. I was like green. I was detoxing like crazy. Yeah, I still was like, <laughs> I just want chicks to like think I'm cool. Um, and that's how I came into this program with this like huge sense of grandiosity coupled with this like insane amount of self-hatred that was just like ripping me apart. It was like ripping me apart, like right at the seams. I like couldn't tell you how pol how polarized these feelings were and how deeply I felt them. I thought I was better than you for sure, but I also knew that I hated myself more than anything and I was the worst person in the world and I should probably die for that. Um, there's no middle ground. And I can say after uh, over four years of sobriety, that has gotten a lot closer. And today I love myself, not all the time, but a lot of time, which is pretty amazing. And I don't think I'm better than anyone. I don't. And I, uh, I don't have this grandiosity and I'm not like, I just don't think I'm better than anyone. Um, and I don't think I know everything. When I came in, I thought I knew everything. And I think the strongest, most intelligent thing anyone can say is, I don't know. And I think that that's, I really would have, can't believe that at this stage of my life, I would say that, but someone who can throw up their hands and be like, I don't know, uh, do you guys know? is really fucking smart and intelligent and admirable. And I really think that's cool that people can do that. And that's what I do all the time. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I've been struggling with God and higher power shit and 
some stuff's gone down in my life and I just got COVID, which is fucking horrible, but I'm alive and it's not, I'm not um, like in a hospital. Um, but I have a very ebb and flow with my higher power. Um, and so I'm not like tied to a higher power or anything like that, but I say like, God willing, I'll have 20, you know, I'll have five years on the 23rd because like, I've kind of just heard that around the rooms and I want, I just did my third step with my new sponsor and I was writing about this higher power bullshit. And I was like, dude, just so you know, I don't believe in it right now to think it's stupid and it's bullshit. And the great thing I was program is I'm allowed to think that and nobody can kick me out of here for saying that. You can't get kicked out of AA really for much. I'll tell you that. You can do whatever the fuck you want here, kind of, except like maybe like bring a gun, even though like someone did do that in New York one time. And we were like, just like, don't bring your gun again. And that person wasn't like kicked out of AA. So you got to do a lot to get kicked out of here. The only requirement for membership is desire to stop drinking. And it used to be, and it used to be in the book that it was written, the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. And they took out honest because we're a bunch of liars and cheaters and thieves. And so how would we know what honesty is coming in? We just wouldn't. I didn't know what it was. I also didn't have a desire to stop drinking um, because I have mental illness, severe mental illness. Um, so I have bipolar disorder. I've severe insomnia. And severe anxiety and I'm correctly medicated for all of that and that's because I'm fucking allowed to be um and if anybody tells you otherwise you can bring them straight to me and I'll show you exactly where it says in the book that we're not doctors and we seek outside help it says it in the book and I'm super fucking serious about that because I know people whose sponsors have said stop taking your medication it's not sober and they killed themselves and we did not come to Alcoholics Anonymous to kill ourselves you did not come to AA to die. You came to AA to learn how to live. That's how, why we did. And so I'm serious about that. And I'm medicated very heavily. However, saying all of that, I'll say that the foundation of my life is sobriety, period. If I'm not sober, I cannot deal with my mental illness. I can't deal with my life. I can't deal with other addictions that I have. I have to be sober if I'm going to live and try and figure out the rest of my life. So I'm dual diagnosed and I'm medicated in both ways. My medicine and AAs, meetings and fellowship and service and all that good stuff. And then modern medicine keeps me stable for the rest of it. And if I wasn't on it, I would kill myself. So it's just, uh, that's, that's the reality <laughs> is that um, sobriety and modern medicine are like things I need to not die. Um, so, um, you know, I usually have like, I do some of a drunk log cause it's pretty good. Um, and a lot of the reasons that I came to a in the beginning was I was like, God, this is better than any movie I've ever seen in my life. You know, like the stories here are crazy. They're wild. And I was like, this is just cool to hear people be such fuck ups. And unfortunately when I was, or fortunately when I was sitting down and listening, I was like, fuck, I just relate to this stuff a lot. And does that mean I'm an alcoholic? And I didn't have to figure that out right away. Um, I just didn't. And like I told you, I came in kicking and screaming and being like, fuck this program, I'm drinking the second I get out of here. I used to say that all the time. 
when I got a year of sobriety in New York, they do anniversary. Um, you get your anniversary trip and it's one day and everyone goes and gets their trip and it's the last day of the month and uh, and you get two minutes to talk. And we're selfish little self-centered alcoholics so we want to talk about ourselves usually. And you get two minutes. And when I got one year, multiple people who are also celebrating that year said, I can't believe it. I know this program works because Morgan is sober. And that's what they said. They were like, if Morgan stayed sober for a year after the way she came in, something about this program works. And that's how bad I was when I came in. That's how pissed I was. That's how much I didn't think this program worked. And that's how much I let people know. And everyone was like, yeah, we didn't think it. Morgan, just so you know, every day we were like, this girl ain't coming back. She's not making it. And I did. And I made it. And here I am almost five years later <laughs> making it. Um, and I'll say that making it to me isn't, look, I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. So I'm, I do shit alcoholically all the time. That's, you know, our normal state is to drink and use. So every day we're not doing that. We're in an abnormal state. I believe that's what I believe. So I fucking, I got problems with girls. I got problems with food. I got problems with body image. I got tons of problems. I got problems with exercise. I got problems. I don't do anything in moderation. I just don't. I don't know what that word means. And I don't care to know. If we're doing something, we're going hard, period. So like, I'm also so competitive. So it's like, <laughs> if I'm playing like pickup beach volleyball, people need to be like, yo, chill out. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't really know how to do that, but we'll try my best here and I've learned more how to do it in sobriety but it's hard because I've I just I'm an I'm I'm an alcoholic who just like knows extremes really well um so uh so honesty has kept me sober um for sure and that also means that I take burning desires whenever I need them and for me, the desire to stop drinking has not fully lifted ever. I still have the desire. And I'll say this very honestly. About two, three weeks ago, I almost relapsed. Um, romance for me is a huge trigger. Um, and I had some, I had to deal with some ex-girlfriend stuff of someone who I really cared about who broke my heart. And the feelings were so overwhelming. I didn't think I could handle them. And my first thought is that drug and alcohol will take away that feeling and that pain and I know it won't do it forever and I can play the tape out and I know it's not going to look good I know I'm probably not going to come back here I know I'm not just going to drink for that night I know I'm going to get probably really fucked up and go out and really just try and kill myself and I didn't care and I poured a mason jar full of vodka from my roommate's bottle of vodka and I sat on my floor and I would bring the glass up to my mouth and smell it. And I was really close. And then I grabbed a bottle of pills and I put that in my hand. And this was like three years, weeks ago. And I sat there and I started to bargain with God or whatever the universe was. It just started to bargain. And that's when I know I really deep down didn't want to relapse. When I started the bargaining. I was like, if someone texts me by 9 30 
I'm not going to do it yet. If someone calls me that's supposed to call me to go out that night, I won't do it tonight. And then I have a dog who is my everything. And my dog doesn't really give a shit if I'm sad. You know how some dogs are like, I'm going to come come for you. My dog doesn't really care. But my dog came over and I had this mason jar on the ground and I was sitting on the ground and my dog laid next to me to be near my, to touch me and like be near me. And then he put his head back and almost knocked the glass over. And I was like, wow, okay, that's wild. You know, I of course saved it. I'm not like crazy. I like, I grabbed it and I was like, oh, I still have it. But it was crazy to see that he almost like knocked it over. And he's everything to me. And he's also really, he's a new rescue. And so he has really bad, he has a bite history and he's really difficult to handle. And if I had died or killed myself or anything, like no one knows how to take care of him yet. And I, you know, someone would have to come walk him and would get bed or something like that. So he needs me to take care of him. Um, so, um, how long am I talking? So, so honesty, honesty, honesty. Um, when I have a sponsee in a meeting, so, so that story I'm just telling you because I've been telling that story a lot because I need to, because I need to tell people. And when I give that story, I give it, I take away its power. Um, and I'm not ashamed that that almost happened. And I don't think I'm less sober for it. And I don't think I don't deserve five years when I get it because that happened. The fact is it didn't happen. I didn't drink. I kept that mason jar full of vodka next to my bed. I was bargaining again. I texted people to use it. They didn't text me back. And I woke up with it next to my bed and I was so happy I hadn't used it and I poured it out immediately. So to me, a win for an alcoholic is we go to bed and our head hits the pillow and we haven't drank or used, period. Done. Done. That's a win. That day, we won. If that's what happens. Sure, I want to live a life of kindness, love, and tolerance. I want to be nice to people. I want to make amends when I do. I don't want to be a fucking asshole. But at the end of the fucking day, if I didn't pick up a drink and chug it, or put pills in my body, or snort shit, or IV shit, and I went to bed, that was a great win of a day, period. And I really believe that, I really do. Um, and the more I get sober, the more people are like, well, more you gotta kinda do other shit too. And I'm like, ah, okay, we're whatever. So I do other stuff and I do work this program and I am a lot nicer than I used to be. but. I say this to my sponsees a lot. It's like, just don't for drinking news. And they're like, could I order 12 pizzas? And I was like, yeah, dude, order 12 pizzas. Go get 12 packs of cigarettes. Like doesn't do what you got to do to not use. And some of them are like, I'm going to text my ex. And I'm like, that's a bad idea. That's a horrible idea. But okay. If you think that's going to help you not drink, which I don't think it will, but like, okay. I also have no monopoly on what people do in their sex life, none. So I don't tell my sponsees not to date in the first year because that's not in the book at all. These were a couple of white guys who had fucking wives and were cheating on them all the time. Like they didn't have a good handle on relationships. Like to the wives is like pretty insane and misogynistic, but 
I do like it in its own sense, but it just is, there's no monopoly on that. So when my sponsor was like, I suggest you don't date in your first year, I was like, okay, nice suggestion, not happening. Um, because if you're going to take away drugs and alcohol from me, and then you're going to take away girls too, fuck no, dude, absolutely not. Did I date my first year? Yeah. Was it a shit show? Yeah. Do I wish I hadn't done it? Maybe, but like, it kind of kept me sober because I was like abusing relationships and love and that validation, like, it was horrible, but it ended terribly. And so what I tell my sponsors is like, look, you can date your first year. My experience strength and hope is it's bad. It's really bad. And my sponsors are just like me. And they're like, okay, whatever, Morgan, I'm going to go fuck whoever I want. And I'm like, okay, you're just like little me's, you know, just like go have fun, but don't drink any news. And they're like, okay. And then they come back and they're like, that wasn't fun. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't. And that's kind of how it works. So... <clears throat> So I'll say, I'll say all of this. And even if my sponsors are in meetings or whatever, I still will raise my hand and be like, hey, I want to use and I want to drink today. Again, I told you my sponsors are not better or worse than me. They're just people that I'm with. But I'll raise my hand. I'm not trying to be outstanding here. I'm not trying to be fake. I'm not trying to be like, oh, here's the solution, man. X, Y, and Z is this, like, I'm just not here for that shit. I'm not. And when I hear that, and it happens a lot in LA, and I hate to like generalize meetings or whatever, but it's a lot of fluff and bullshit sometimes. It's a lot of people being like, well, God's will. And like, sometimes meetings are always about like God's will. And I'm like, can we not do that? And some people do these very rehearsed shares, it feels like, and they're just spitting lines of the big book at you. And there's no like, there's to me the solution is found in honesty that's where it is because I need to like be able to connect to you on a level that is past the big book in order for me to stay sober what keeps us sober is one alcoholic talking to another alcoholic it's not fucking spitting lines of the big book at each other I just read uh working with others with a sponsee and it straight up is just like, you're uniquely qualified to help someone else because you're an alcoholic and you can just sit down and talk to another alcoholic, period. And that's true. And I love that about Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh my God, there's no small talk. It's so fucking great. If you, when you used to go to outside, like we went to meetings and really in real person would go out and smoke cigarettes and like, no one was being like, how's the weather? you know, did the fucking Yankees win or whatever. It was like, what's your trauma, dude? <laughs> they were like, who fucked you up more, your mom or your dad? Um, it's just kind of like, we don't beat around. We're just like real with each other right away. Um, so yeah, so I was, I'll just say this. It was horrible. It was bad. It got worse. I say this about alcohol. It's the three M's for me. And I didn't, make this up. I learned it in the rooms, but alcohol for me was the three M's. It was magic. It was medicine and misery. That was what it was for me, period. It was magic in the beginning. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it wasn't fun. It was so damn fun for a while. It was fun. I was a party girl. I was the life of the party. I bought the booze. I was having a shit ton of fun. I did a lot of Molly, went to a lot of fucking raves, not my proudest years, and went to music festivals, did all the stuff, like partied in college. Like it was really fun. It was really fun. And 
it's magic medicine and misery and that's a linear line and unfortunately you can't go back to the last one that sucks once you've crossed over to the next one you can't go back which sucks so then it became medicine because i'm bipolar and i was misdiagnosed for 10 years depressed and i was on ssris which i should not have been because that wasn't my problem but for 10 years i wanted to kill myself and i was suicidal 10 years i woke up every day being like it's today the day i'm gonna kill myself and I would stand on the subway platform and I'd be like, okay, it's today the day I jump. And I thought everybody thought that way. Everyone, I was like, oh, everyone thinks this way all the time. We're all just like not trying to kill ourselves. That's it. So for me, alcohol saved my life. It saved my life and I thank it for it every day. Thank you, alcohol. Thank you so much. Because for 10 years or so, I had a bottle of Jack in one hand and a bottle of pills in the other. So I'm either going to drink this whole bottle of Jack I'm going to take these pills. And for 10 years, I decided to drink the bottle of Jack. So it was medicine and it helps and it works and it saved my life. And I know that and I thank it. Thank you, alcohol. And then it became miserable and it stopped working as medicine. And that sucked. That sucked really bad. My brother used to say to me, my brother's an alcoholic and an active, he's in active addiction right now. And I haven't talked to him in almost four years and that's heartbreaking, but that's the truth. And I can't speak to him because it's not good for either of us. My brother used to tell me, he said, Morgan, don't ever lose the ability to drink because that's how our family knows how to cope. If you have to go to rehab and you use that ability, your life's over. So from the beginning, I was like, I can't lose this thing. I can't lose it. I can't lose it. And um, when I did lose it, I was like, oh, my life's over. Because <laughs> that's what my brother said. Little did I know my life just started when I got sober. So then it was miserable. And uh, I could tell you about all the drunk logs and stuff. Basically, I ended up in a psych ward after a breakup. And I went fully crazy and tried to kill myself. And there was a moment of grace or whatever you're going to call it when it's in the psych ward where I looked down at my shoes that didn't have shoelaces in it because they took them from me and I was listening to my roommate telling me how she was going to kill herself that night and I kind of looked down and I was like what the fuck happened <laughs> how did I end up here how what what happened I was given a lot as a kid with like lived a privileged life I realized it wasn't very picturesque um after going through some trauma therapy. It was actually pretty fucked up. My childhood was really, really bad. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. And I was supposed to uphold the image of the family. And that's a lot of pressure on the youngest kid. Um, so, okay, so that's what happened. And then they were like, you gotta go to AA after you get out of psych ward. So I started going to AA and I already told you that I was a brat. And for about six months, I didn't get a sponsor. I didn't talk to people. I didn't get friends. I just came. And at six months, someone was like, you got to like try a sponsor thing. And I tried it. And my first sponsor took me through the steps. And before we started, I said, I'm not going to believe in God, just so you know. And also, don't ever ask me to sponsor someone because I'm not doing that. <laughs> and she was like, I haven't asked you to do literally anything yet. Why are you shouting demands at me? And I was like, I just need you to know those two things. And she was like, okay, just write a list of why out your powers are alcohol. And I was like, okay. But Again, it's just like, I was never fake or bullshitting. I wasn't like, okay. And I didn't come in here with the how. They talk about the how, the honesty, openness, and willingness. I didn't come in with that, any of that. And my best friend, Jack, and I've talk, been talking about this a lot. He came in with all of that. 
he was the, he had the gift of desperation. I had the gift of desperation for sure, but I wasn't I wasn't open and willing for a lot of this. It just wasn't, and I didn't want to be. Forever, my higher power was intellect and knowledge, and that's because that's what my dad taught me. I was raised strictly atheist, so it was very hard for me to swallow that this was a spiritual program. So I talked for long enough. I'm going to finish up <clears throat> just with some solution stuff. So. I started working the steps. The steps do change your life. They do. Meetings are for the newcomer, period. That's what it is. It says in the book. I'll show you in the book. So it's not really easy. To, it's not really important to me to be like, step four and five will change your life. Six and seven are going to make you turn in a different person. Eight and nine, you're going to make some amends and you're going to get some promises. 10, 11, and 12. It's just, that's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to tell you is they work. I say this a lot. Unfortunately, they work. Unfortunately, they work. It's a lot of work. It's not hard. It's easy, but it's, it's not, diff, it's not, um, it's easy. What is the fucking saying? See, I've done so many whippets in my life that I can't, I have a really bad memory. But it's like, um, it's not a, a easy program. It's a simple program. So uh, it's hard to do this shit, but it's simple. It's really simple. So I did the steps. I changed my life. I had some moments of grace and times where I believed God, whatever, higher power, whatever was involved and helped me out or whatever. And then I had pouts where I didn't believe any of that. And the group was my higher power. And they said, I could do that for a long time. It's a group of drunks gift of like good or early direction, gift of desperation, whatever you want to say. Uh, someone once said gang of dykes. And when they said that I laughed super hard and was like, that's super funny. If you guys have that kind of sense of humor, I'm around, I'll stick around. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So then, so I also didn't get friends till I was three years sober, and I really don't recommend that because the second I got friends in a, everything changed. My whole life changed. Everything changed, and I didn't think I needed friends in AA. And now I have a family, and it's crazy. I have a chosen family that I love very, very much. Fellowship is so important, so important. So today. My life is totally different. I'm on the correct medication. I haven't wanted to kill myself in over three years. And that's a miracle of the program and, um, and modern medicine. But I will say this, that things that changed my life most were doing service and getting friends and alcoholics anonymous. And I didn't do that till I was like three years sober. And when I had a girlfriend that broke up with me, and I was in enough pain that I had to do that. Where my sponsor was like, you need to get friends, Morgan. And I was like, you can go fuck yourself. And she was like, seriously, dude. And I was like, all right. So I got friends. And that changed everything. And my friends rule and they're the best. And I'm going to end with this because it's really important for me to say this. Is my anniversary month is really hard for me. Because it's the worst time of my life. Five years ago, was this was the worst month of my life. And I've had to reframe that it's taken a lot of time and not looking at it like this was the worst month of my life. 
this is where I bottomed out and it was awful, to reframe it as this is the month where I got the chance to start living, where I got the chance to start a new life, where I got the chance to really know what true joy, happiness, freedom, friendship looked like. And I never knew that was going to happen. And today I party, dude. I'm not here to be sober and not fucking party, okay? So I'll I'll throw back three or four Red Bulls and I'll go out dancing until 6 a.m. You better believe it. And I have a lot of fun with my friends and we party and we dance and we like play, you know, we, and I play a tennis sports. Like my life is so fun. It's so fun. And when I came in here, I was like, I'm never going to have fun again. And my life is so fun today. It's awesome. Was it fun three weeks ago when I almost drank that entire Mason jar of vodka? No, but this is an ebb and flow program and what it has done for me. And it's a roller coaster ride. And instead of the highs being so high that I want to drink and celebrate and the lows being so low that I can't handle the pain and I want to drink and numb that the roller coaster is a little bit more even. And I still get to ride the highs, which are really, really fun. And the lows don't kill me. Um, and that's a miracle. So I've said enough. I thank you so much for having me. And then I end every share with this is that if I said something that kept you sober for the rest of your life, you're welcome. And if I didn't say anything that you liked, you actually found me off putting in distasteful and you hated everything that I just said. And you're like, wow, this was a waste of a half hour. Please go to another meeting. Listen to someone else. You're going to hear what you need to hear. This is my experience, my personal experience. I do not speak for A, I do not speak for the program. I speak for myself and how this worked for me. So that's what I have. Thank you so much for having me. I know that I talked a shit ton. I'm sorry about that or whatever, but it was nice to be able to tell a story entirely as I wanted to. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This kept me sober for this, uh, um, this hour. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much.